RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. I've chatted with Claire Bleakley, president of G3NZ, for or on a couple of occasions already here at RCR since we have been going. And given that uh, the election has now uh, happened and uh, the various parties are in negotiations, we assume right now, and given that, uh, and I'll read out those policies in just a moment, the National Party and the ACT Party have GE policies or GM policies. So I want to welcome Claire back to RCR. Hi, Claire. Thanks for coming back on. Thank you, Paul. And it's really lovely to uh, be on again. And thank you. No, good to have you. All right. So these, um, well, we, we presume three political parties are haggling right now. And we know, and uh, I just want to refer to these first before we start chatting, that uh, we'll get into the meat of it. National have on their website their what they call biotech, harnessing biotech policy, which uh, involves G and GM. And uh, they're saying that uh, um, the rules here are, are outdated. We're being left behind. Um, and that's putting our climate goals at risk. Is that climate thing again. And we've kind of talked about what they've had to say before. So we knew that. And of course, ACT, they're also saying we can't afford to be left behind as genetic engineering advancements transform the agriculture sector. Well, um, from what I've understood since I've been doing this job and talking to people in the know, I don't, I don't, I don't know what advancements they're talking about. But anyway, so both of them are kind of singing off the same song sheet there, clear, and that is that we could be left behind. We can't afford to be left behind, and uh, we need to sort of up our game on GM and uh, the rules around uh, how we do that. So, have I got that about right as a starting point? Uh, uh, you've got a very, very right there. I'd just like to say the concern I have with their harnessing biotech plan, National's biotech plan, is that a lot of the early discussion they have is about laboratory or medical research. Right. Medical research has been allowed to go and there has been no restriction on it. We've actually had three GM trials on uh, cancers, uh, colon cancer and liver cancer that were withdrawn 18 months into their uh, trial of a three-year trial due to the adverse effects that were reported. I'm thinking of mRNA too. That's a genetic treatment too, isn't it? And that hasn't gone so well, has it? Uh, The mRNA, are we talking about the spike protein in the yeah, the, the the RNA that um, that that uh, writes itself into your DNA and then tells your body to make the spike protein, as I understand it, that is, well, I'm only mentioning it because uh, that because people are do refer to it as a um, a gene therapy. Gene therapy, yeah, a gene it is therapy. A gene therapy, but there with the COVID, there were actually four different types of vaccines. Two yeah. had the spike protein, which was a genetic modified bacteria and they isolated the spike protein out the other one was a straight gm um to the astrazeneca and they were withdrawn very very early due to the serious uh clotting um and adverse effects and so really the moderna and the pfizer were the two gm derived gene therapy vaccines that yeah yeah well it um 
Uh, because uh, I guess you can use medical advancement as a sort of like a Trojan horse for all the other GM research and and agriculture, et cetera, sort of following in behind. Because you know who would who would ever you know stop a medical advancement that could cure cancer? So I, I, of I can kind of and see then- how that's working. But you know it didn't turn out so well um, in the you know in the last three years. So surely no one can be under the illusion that. Um, that um, that even medical GM research is safe or effective. Can I say if you have a read of the um, of the the data sheets of of the genetically modified stuff, they're really for people who are at the end and they want a few more, literally a few more months to live. Yeah, that's all. And the adverse effects are so severe. If you look, they're terrible. But interestingly enough. The GE, uh, all genetically modified things, organisms, they've had deleterious effects on every organism, on the plants, their yield, their immune systems, their disease resistance has all failed. Uh, They're very susceptible. They're water thirsty. They need pesticides to, to protect them. Then we look at the animals. They've suffered horribly with immune, respiratory, and defects, um, cancers. And then, just as you mentioned, we have had almost a GE trial across the world, and that has been horrific on many, many people. So how could anyone justify, I guess is the the point, um, that – that uh, this is safe and uh, somehow we're missing out if we're not indulging in this sort of uh, research and loosening the rules around it. As you um, have mentioned, and the uh, information I have in front of me here shows just a pattern and legacy of dismal failure at every turn, like you say, in um, plant world, animal world as well. And um, on top of that, um, I don't think uh, New Zealanders would be very comfortable with the attitude to animal welfare that's been exhibited in those trials. It's quite horrific when you look at it. Maybe that's another story. But um, how the National Party and the ACT Party could uh, kind of once over likely support a loosening, and that's really what they're saying, of these rules, and not take into account the epic fails and the huge amount of taxpayers' money that's been thrown into this, then it's hard to explain why they might be promoting a liberalization of these rules and regulations. Yeah. I, I would I would totally agree with that. We have spent millions and millions and millions of dollars. And in fact, by the first four GM animals that were bred, four, uh, they were worth $10 million each. We have wow. spent $25 million on a GE ryegrass trial that has failed. Uh, the uh, uh, I've just received the annual report for the GM animals, and they've the failure in the larger cows has now been moved to smaller animals because they think that they may have they might be easier to work with but they are still being born with deformities um we we have probably created thousands and thousands of embryos ag research sorry scientists there are 37 live cows left 
and there are about uh, 13 sheep. Okay, yep. So what we can see is if you were going to be, uh, and also the progeny of these animals tend to be sterile. So if you were a farmer and you were going, oh, look, I need to breed these because I want to, um, you, you wouldn't survive if you had a zero success rate in your in your ability to breed. So no one would. <laughs> no, that's under those circumstances, it'd be game over. It will be. Well, as I say, that as you mentioned it, the horrible, horrible suffering that these animals have got. They're sentient animals, and um, for some reason, research has been allowed to get away with this cruelty. And what what we have to realize is that genetic modification on anything does appear to be um, deleterious to the organism to the extent that crops have failed and these failures will actually cause starvation. So we're actually leading to a, a world state where people are saying, unless we adopt GE, we are going to not we're going to starve to death. That's well, the that's, sort of that, fear tactics. That can that there's no way that can ever be backed up with anything. No. And in fact the yields are down. And in America where they've adopted um they were early adopters and they've adopted um all these GM crops, the weeds and the pest resistance now is so severe that they're actually change they're actually moving away from the GM and the crop itself because they can't cope with the herbicide resistant crops, um, um, yeah. the pesticides and weeds within them that are now resistant to all the chemicals. Do you think um, these researchers believe in what they're doing? I think there's always a question you've got to ask because given that the horrific outcomes for the animals also the danger to you know our agricultural industries and the ability to earn in the future which is there doesn't seem to bother these people i think what happened was they were sold in the 90s that they would become the next alexander fleming oh so they it's an e would, it's an ego this is I an ego driven thing do you think well, half most of the people who are lead researchers in the in in these animal um, plant uh, researchers are actually own the patent. Oh, okay. So there's an incentive to move something to a production commercial production because then you get the payoff on the the patents, the royalties. Is that how it works? This the idea is is you will sell the. IP or the intellectual property to say PGG Wrightsons or South Pacific Sierra or somebody like that, and they will be able to pay you the patent right for the rest of your life. These people are funded by the taxpayer, though, usually, aren't they? They are. So and how come they get to have a patent? I think you need to ask them. <laughs> yeah, but that, that doesn't seem right. Okay, if you're putting your own money into it, all right. There's, um, you can expect rewards from that investment, if you want to call it that. But when it's the taxpayer paying and throwing in good money for a failed result, how do you get to keep anything? 
Well, to tell you the truth, I actually think that many, much of our research um, in this private-public partnership has come f- for the development or the pr- product de- production of this, e.g. GE cows, came from a multi-corp overseas, Genzyme. The plant one came from Monsanto. So what's happening is, they are now saying, we've invested in your country and we've had no payback. So the payback is you drop all your regulations and allow us to sell our product in your country. Right. And what that will mean is that's a way they can recoup some of the investment that they've put into this failed technology. The problem is their failed technology we don't want. They cannot well, export the failed. If, if you pay for for technology that fails, how, how are we going to be interested in that? Well, to tell you the truth, that's what National is saying. We will drop our GM regulation and then we'll have a free trade deal with you. That means we can import all your GM products. Okay, so this is chasing a free trade deal with the United States. In the last election, that was one of their main policy platforms. They never buy anything from us. They never do. No, but they want us to buy their GM from them. If What we do know is that in Australia, if you're growing GM canola, you will put – it's about three – tons per acre, and in Australia you have 1,000 acres of canola at a time, there is around about a $70 um, difference in the price per ton. So if you've got a 1,000, you're losing about $700,000 just for growing GM canola. Right. So we will lose our premium, and we're too far away from the world. So they'll say, look, you don't really produce enough for us. So why not? Why do we need to buy from you now that you're all contaminated? Because our consumers don't want that contamination. We are able to have our high-quality food and excellent food because it is GE-free. And because we can then guarantee that there is historic safety in ingestion of it. Yeah. Um, I'm just noting on the ACT website, their policy, Real Change for Outdated Genetic Laws, is the title of their policy. They mention ryegrass, invented by New Zealand's own ag research. And they say the grass has the potential to reduce livestock methane emissions by around 23%, don't know where they got that from, and ensure less nitrogen is excreted into the environment by livestock feeding on this ryegrass. The only problem is that thanks to our outdated legislation, it's illegal to use in New Zealand. Well, first of all, methane emissions, yeah, more science required there. It, it, you know, that that's kind of a religious belief more than anything, it seems, uh, these days. So that is questionable number one, first base. But I believe that that ryegrass um, um, project, uh, that um, that fell over again a failure. Am I correct? Okay, so it was a five-year trial in the yep. United States 
at $25 million to us as a taxpayer. Okay, so that's how much we coughed up. We coughed up through MIMBY, uh, Dairy New Zealand, and a few other people. Right. They ran the trial. In fact, they ran it for the first two years in little pots, um, glasshouse pots. Okay. And, of course, nothing ate it, so it grew. And they went, oh, this grows uh, an inch longer than the normal stuff does. So they worked out that if you planted a 1,000 acres of it, that inch longer would give you that much more photosynthesis would then pay off for the carbon. Do you see what I mean? So they worked it out without any real life. It was all modelled. When they put it into the field, um, apparently it got heat stroke and it didn't perform. And when it did start to grow, when it touched itself, it died back. So the yield was really, really poor. And what they were hoping to do was plant the grass, get the seed by year 2020, 21, sorry. They were hoping to grow enough grass in this um, quarter, half acre field to make hay and then feed 26 cows. And they were going to save the hay for the two, next two or three years. Well, they didn't even get enough hay or grass to even make hay from. And so they then um, said, oh, we'll go to Australia and we'll grow it there and we'll feed it to sheep. Well, Australia looked at it and said, look, we really don't want the risk of growing your GE. Uh, I don't know. They actually, whatever questions they asked, AgResearch withdrew the application. And I believe what you do is if you have an application to, um, go to a regulator, they work with you until it is able to be passed. And then you pay your money. But the whole point is, is you don't pay your money till they have said, yes, we will pass it. So for um, the the um, Office of the Gene Regulator um, in Australia, they must have asked a question that Ag Research could not answer. So instead of having it withdrawn or or declined, they withdrew their application. Which is like folding your tent and going on. Basically, what then happened, which I found really interesting, was uh, Marty Flavel from Ag Research is now doing non-GM research, looking at all the cultivars we have in this country, totally conventionally, to see whether they can grow conventionally good ryegrass for New Zealand. In other words, that to me that is agri-search's recognition that it was a failure. Well, it's an admission, isn't it? Hands up, um, you're busted. Well, why do you think ACT is still banging on about it? Well, you look at the similarities between ACT and Nationals policies. They're almost, they might phrase them differently, but they say the same thing. We're being left behind. Well, actually, we are leading because our conventional research into good forage grasses in this country is superior throughout the world. Um, so we're not behind, we're not lagging. We're actually leading in conventional research. But we don't even need to be doing this. We don't need GE. We also know that for the sake of argument, there's a Professor Allen who developed uh, – uh, uh, an apple 
that had um, a, a gene in it to make it totally red. Now, overseas, they created a red apple conventionally over 10 years. It's a proper Brayburn apple. It is beautiful. It is on the commercial market. Um, Professor Allen's one is the size of a crab apple. And <laughs> they did another thing. Oh, we had to go to America to eat it because we weren't allowed to eat it over here. The amount of hand-wringing, you know, aren't we poor? Look, if they had got the studies that our um, regulator demands to show safety, they wouldn't be complaining. But they are complaining because they don't want to do the safety tests on the environment or the people. Well, that means these people are potentially dangerous, doesn't it? What they've done is they've spent... Because they're, they're, they're prepared to throw us under the bus for their fevered dream. They're the danger is they are so captured by the need to prove that they're right, just like the mandates, just like the back. Yeah, fact same thing. What it, what it, what the mantra is? It's uh, you listen to us, don't listen to anybody else. What we say is correct. Yeah, when we look into it, it's just a trail of failure. It is. It, it, Nothing has worked. No, not in New Zealand, and we've, uh, and and in Australia, it hasn't worked either. And this is the problem: it is failing so so badly that they've moved to a new type of modif engineering called gene editing, where they get they get a bacterial um, enzyme and they put it in the middle of the um, DNA and it just cuts out pieces that they think they think. Is that the CRISPR system? That's the CRISPR system. So that's even more dangerous, it seems to me. Well, the CRISPR system doesn't turn off. So if you have a word that they want to eradicate, a gene that, or, or a set of base pairs they want that says the, for the sake of argument, it will go down the 30,000 base pairs looking for the. So if you have a look at a word, you've got theology, you've got the, you've got all the words that have T-H-E in them. Right. They remove all those. So what we're seeing is all these breaks in the... Um, in the D in the chromosome, it's just all being shredded, and then they're being repaired with big um, fragments of something else, and so the whole cell just dies. I mean, it does seem to be working in some places, but as soon as it's grown up, the off-target effects are really, really awful. Well, it's Frankensteinian, isn't it, in a way? Is that a word? It's like, yeah, it, it sort of has echoes of that. And um, when you've got people who are so, um, what's the word, um, drunk the Kool-Aid and so into this that, um, like I say, that it's a danger. So, all right, so in this time that uh, this government is forming up, you would be hoping that the handbrake that we all wish for, which is New Zealand first, is pushing back against those other two parties' policies on this, you would hope, right? I'm, I'm really, really, um, let's say we've, we've spoken very much with New Zealand First, and let's say they 
say that the legislation that we have that they will follow it it uh the precautionary approach must take into account the livelihoods of people our brand our exports our farmers livelihoods and all of that and they have always had that precautionary approach which is show us it's safe show us the proof <laughs> give us the proof and we'll sh- and it once it's safe and we must say that Though new, though it comes out that Judith Collins sort of bat, says, "Oh, we're going to lift the ban," there has never ever been a ban. Well, what, what does she? Ban- know, what does she know about it anyway? Well, the problem is she doesn't. She is totally ignorant. And this ban, there never has been a ban. All there has been is the requirement yeah. for the regulator to show safety, and you've got to prove safety. And they're saying we don't want to because I believe that they have actually done tests before on some things and found them to be uh, unsafe. So they know that they can't prove safety. That's exactly They can right. never get to that, that, that benchmark, that bar. Well, what they then turn around and say, well, of course, even driving a car has risks. Everything has risks. So their way of not proving safety is to pillory another form of vehicle, like a vehicle, and say, well, of course, everything has risks. Well, you know, to use that example is ridiculous. You have a collision with a car. It doesn't mean every car suddenly gets infected with the damage of the original <laughs> collision. So exactly. you, you, you're, you're, you're on drugs or something if you're pushing that. Yeah, like welcome. You, you just said. Mm. Maybe they are genetically modified probably too. Uh, okay, so can you see... So you would expect New Zealand first. This is kind of like a hill to die on, right, isn't it? Uh, I think for us, this is probably one of the most dangerous times for our economy, our farmers, as well as the health of the consumers. And I note that you had Elvira on, and she was talking about the GM bananas. Yep, yep, she was. What is really, really interesting is up north now, we are we have got people who are wanting to grow bananas commercially. Yes, I know. Yeah, and and we cannot allow that to pollute and contaminate our environment anymore. GMOs basically are resistant to pesticides, so our pesticide use will probably treble. Uh, they are disease um, prone so that our farmers will have to almost replace them on a two or three yearly basis, which will cost. The seed and the plants will be three times as expensive as conventional seed. And you will have to pay a patent right to the owner of the IP. Yeah. Oh, dear. Um it seems like, uh, from what I can make out anyway, and in the end, what do I know, but I've talked to quite a few people, is that there is no need for New Zealand to have anything to do with any of this. I mean, we're there still producing not. food fine. There's no issues there. Okay, methane, well, it, it depends on what religious side of the argument you're on because it is kind of like that. It's culty, um, and uh, there's certainly um, uh, way more to the story than the simplified version we get 
And it seems that people around the world like our products because we make them our agricultural products. We produce them in a particular way. So there's no upside at all for any of this that I can see and probably others can see at all. So why are we even talking about it? Because for me, why I am so grateful that Reality Check Radio has asked me on is for the very, very reason that National Party and ACT Party are actually threatening New Zealand yeah. in, in everything. And just as you say, that we don't need it. We we do so well as being GE-free. We're at the bottom of the world. And the only reason that we are so successful in our export market agriculturally is because we are GE-free. And we've learned a lesson, a lesson, have we not, that um, being captured by technocrats, experts, people who are incentivized by ego and patent earnings, and, you know, um, I suppose it's, you know, not many other things can sort of glorify you if, you, if you're in this field except, you know, being the inventor of something, um, that, um, you know, the, the recent history tells us that these these people are potentially very dangerous. I mean, I don't want to single them out, but that's kind of the inescapable conclusion. Sorry I'd to say. Like, I would like to say at the very beginning, when it was a thought, I believe that it was, uh, even though I, I, it was worth looking at. How long ago is that though, Claire? 30 in years the, ago? In the 90s, in the 90s. Yeah, yeah it's a long know. time after that now. But, I believe that though the minute those cows were born and they saw those horrific deformities and the fact that they aborted all over the place, in fact, of the embryos born, there were lines that they did that over three years they never, ever, ever produced a live baby. Yeah. A live calf. They should have killed, they should have stopped those experiments then and there. They should have not gone on and said, this doesn't work. But the other thing, too, is we talk about them. They call themselves scientists. Yeah. Scientists is knowledge. They have no knowledge as to why things are failing. And that's the whole point. If they if they actually got knowledge from this and tried to understand why the failures were happening and why GE doesn't work, then we could call them scientists. But actually, they are fiddlers. They are forcing a square peg into a round hole, and it ain't working. Well, and they're also creating suffering yes. um, oh. upon living beings. I mean, being the Dr. Mengler of animals is not a great thing to be. No. Uh, look, th this there are – it is – I can't even explain um, the horror I feel at, at what they're doing to those animals. Um, and then to find that they're moving on to other animals because the, the first lot of animals didn't, the cows didn't work, so they're now doing it in sheep and goats, is even more horrific. Um, and so what we do know is that when you genetically modify an animal to produce pharmaceuticals in its milk, which is what ag research is doing. They're now also producing cows to have lighter coats. 
They're, they're what's the reasoning for that? Oh, because of the climate. They're called climate oh, smart cattle. Please. But they're making lighter coats. We've got cows with lighter coats. Why are this they? Is this is insane. This this is this is like crazy land. And they're producing goats to only be female. Oh man, they, they are the Dr. Mengler of the animal world. They I'm sorry. Certainly are. And none of these are working. So what you do is you see this experiment starting. You see maybe them saying, I'm dreadfully sorry, only uh, we we impregnated like 90, 90 sheep, but we only got seven live animals. We got less than we expected. And these animals have... They didn't know like, what to expect. It turns out they didn't know what to expect. No, it's all but just... they have deformities in their jaws, so they can't eat. They have respiratory oh, problems. Their yeah. organs are fused together. Uh, they die within 24 hours of birth. Look, it, and and then the and then they're using normal sheep to impregnate them with these transgenic embryos. And, and this is the sheep. use of what, what the gene editing and and so on and so forth. So right? they've moved to gene editing of the embryos, but yeah. the sheep themselves, who are ca- who are normal healthy sheep, are also dying because the transgene is obviously passing the placental barrier and having some effect. So they're aborting early. So, you know, when you've got 90 sheep and you get seven live ones, of which four four are male and three are female, and, they, and the other thing is they talk about, oh, no, we treat them really nicely. All the males get knocked off. Bomb. <laughs> they're of no use because they won't produce. I can't believe them. anything they say. I'm sorry. This, this cruelty... And this horror that is happening at Ag Research. Uh, the other thing, too, is this is reported every year, and the EPA doesn't even read the document. They just file it. So there is nobody looking at this horror and going, hang on, we should have stopped this years ago. Well, no one looked at the uh, mRNA horror either, Claire, so it's no surprise. <laughs> you know, and that <laughs> was for human people. beings. They're the same people, yeah, uh, who are in that in that kind of. Um, well, they're lucky I'm not in charge. Look, I I would have. <laughs> we would be organic by now <laughs> if I was in charge. There'd be a lot of ex experts looking for a job. Yes. Anyway, well, okay. That's that's the next thing. Is those experts are very interesting because they they're just normal people who are totally. Um, embedded in their thinking, and then they suddenly become experts. Yet, yeah. Um, yeah. As we saw with the, what you mentioned about the uh, gene therapy uh, injection, uh, the spike one, um, we've got people saying, we've seen the studies. It's safe for, for mothers. Yeah, no one's seen the studies. There aren't no. any. They're right. This is it. So, who are these vaccinologists who put themselves up as the be all and end all? And we know everything, so that if anybody contradicts us, they are uh, misinformation or malinformation. I think they're struggling with that one now, and I think that they can probably see that there is a certain amount of writing on the wall, um, and that can't be very comfortable. I'm not going to second guess, but uh, you know, people. Um, People are saying not very nice things about that on yes. on a, a far larger scale than earlier. But yeah, you're right. These are the same people. 
Okay, well, hopefully um, someone from ACT and someone from the National Party is listening, because if you don't think too deeply about this, it'd be easy to get caught up in the, yeah, we can't be left behind, and, you know, these old, mm. you know, um, people clinging on to the past are just trying to hold us back. Um, that's kind of what you and we are up against in this debate, right? I, I think so. But what is very interesting, just to, to sum up, they actually, in their policy, say they will introduce dedicated legislation. This dedicated legislation we already have. And the only way that this dedicated legislation that they're going to redo, in fact, Simon Upton, who was a National Party agricultural minister, he wrote it. The National Party wrote the act. Oh, okay. As the Substances and New Organisms Act. Yeah. Uh, He was the one who passed it. So to, to now change it and say that it is, um, not fit for purpose is that it is fit for purpose, and the only reason they want to change it is to make it not fit for purpose and to loosen it so that we can have GE. And if you have a look at what GE has done in field trials here, it is a dismal failure. So they are actually putting us on the slope to fail, to lose our markets, to uh, maybe harm our consumers. So really and honestly, we cannot afford for National Enact. And we ask that people really, really, really make their voices heard about the dangers of loosening our legislation. Wasn't Simon Upston the Parliamentary Commissioner for the Environment? He was. He was. And he always supported... um, you know, less pollution, less pesticides, less contamination. Just as a little aside, I was just thinking, if you think if Hawke's Bay grew GMOs, right, yeah. and National says, oh, no, we're not, we're going to allow everybody to work in themselves, you have a look at what the cyclone did. You yeah. have a look. Nobody in the Hawke's Bay would be able to be GE-free now. Yeah, it would be, that, 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 that would be... Irreversible, right? That would just it would uh, be. Yeah. yeah, stuff would have been taken all over the place. Yeah, they are actually. We do have about from Auckland up to Northland. We are we are legis- um Our local co- councils have actually declared themselves as G free regions. Right. Nelson's a G free region, and so is Hawke's Bay. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's sobering. All right. Um, It seems, though, with the legacy of failure, the money that's been pumped in and not delivered any value at all, and it working against our interests as an agricultural food producer and exporter, that really we should should just wind it all up, shouldn't we? All that part of it. Unless there's something so compelling um, that uh, – but it, it, it seems it's going nowhere. So maybe time just to close it all down. I, I would like to say that uh, our conventional breeders in New Zealand who do the, the selective breeding and the natural breeding have actually far surpassed any of the GE specs that we've ever seen. Yeah. So, as you say, I totally agree with you. We need to kick it in the butt and say, no way, let us put all that money into 
improving our farming systems, improving our resilience, improving, um, well, look look at Hawke's Bay. It's going to spend 10 years getting back because we just don't have the money to support them in the devastation. Yeah, there'd be no way of digging out of a crisis like this. No, no. Okay, Claire, um, nice to chat. Um, and it sounds like uh, quite a bit of work has to be done yet to win this. Really, it's a it's a battle of persuasion in the end, isn't it? I I think it's I think what we need is we do have very very good. Um, what would the word be? We've got very good people who are able to voice their concerns, and we need whatever for everybody to actually understand, and you mentioned it, that this is yet again a different type of hype, but it is the fear hype again, which is, oh, no, we're going to be left behind. We're not going to be left behind, and, in fact, we lead the world, and that is, in a way, something that I think uh, people are jealous of. And so what they want to do is make us contaminated so that um, that that there is no comparison. Um, yeah, but when you've got your own country people kind of uh, um, com- uh, being complicit in that, it's, it's, a, it's pretty tough to take. But anyway. Well, so yeah. just very, you can stop recording, but very interestingly, there was a survey done on farmers and they didn't want GE. No. But... <laughs> Looking at this election, they didn't they didn't want either party, but there was no party to vote for. So in a way, the party that they voted for was the best of the worst. There was a party they could have voted for. I know. So yep. don't boo who. So did. if you're going to boo who, don't boo who to me. I I boo not you personally, but the <laughs> yes, we didn't have anyone to vote. Yes, you did. We did, and 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 I think um, I think yet again that whole fear thing of oh no we're going to have to have another election is is a big. If you're that easily spooked, then you well, need to t- take a hard look. I mean, you know what we have to do, and this is a wider thing, is that sometimes we have to say to our fellow fellow country people, grow up. Well, what we need take to take responsibility. Tell- put your adult pants on. Exactly. Don't, don't be also, so easily freaked out. Find out more. We like, yeah, we need to say get off your butt instead of watching all these sort of frivolous TV shows which pretend that they are um, news. Go out and see the world and actually realize what is out there and how wonderful it really is. And do you really want to lose it? And is it is it all about not having a second election? What if a second election stands between the country going under or not? You're still going to say, I don't want a second election? I mean, come on. Well, the, what we have to fight now is to actually totally and utterly um, show the National Party that they are actually very, very wrong in wanting this. And I think we have the evidence to say that whatever they've been told in 2019 that they wrote their policy on is a failed thing and they really cannot afford to endanger New Zealand for some kind of rhetoric that they were given 
three or four years ago. Yeah, it doesn't apply. And if you're that um, loosey-goosey with the detail and you can let it flap in the wind for nearly five years, then that calls into question your competence in governing. I quite agree. Absolutely. Anyway, we could bang on about this <laughs> well, we for as long as I've got. But um, <laughs> we probably... Um, I've kind of uh, gone there enough. Okay, Claire Bleakley, it's always good to hear from you, President of GE Free NZ. Hopefully people are listening and are taking on board this message. I would have been one of those people three or four years ago who would have been saying, oh, come on, stop holding us back. But that would have been because I didn't know anything. And now I know a lot more, and the prospect of it all freaks me out actually now. Completely different, 180. So, thank you, Paul, for that. Uh, and actually, you know, hopefully, what this show will do will provoke people to maybe go, Is she really correct? So, I ask them to go to our website and look at the official yep. information responses that we have got to our queries on the same. Well, is there anything in the OIA, OIA space? That, that you need to tell us about, or is that better um, uh, read up um, on when people go to your website? Uh, in the OIA space, what we have got is uh, uh, an application or a submission to be put forward for GM Bananas. Um, I oh, wrote okay. to Fasans yep. for the food safety, you know, studies that they've done. There are none. So they did give us a some OIA stuff that's on our website. If you click on the right-hand side to GE Bananas, you will see all the um, documentation I got from them. Uh, and highly concerning, new proteins, unexpected um, insertions of genes that they have no idea about into this banana. Um and then we've also got the latest, if you go to GM Annals, um, the annual reports on the cows and the sheep and all of that, which you will, I, I actually say, if you've got a stomach, if you've got a queasy stomach, don't read it. The right. cruelty and the suffering those animals are going through isn't, is, is horrible. Um, the We've also, through the Official Information Act, got all the stuff we've talked about today on the ryegrass and okay. the results, uh, plus who owns the patents, plus the policies that they discussed with National. I presume they probably did the same with ACT as well. Yeah, they've still got the um, still got the ryegrass um, mention on their policy yes. page for that, so they haven't updated that for ages either. So they're not really too serious well, about it, are they? No. A, a journalist did ask, and she said, oh, well, that's not the information we were given. <laughs> the problem was the information she was given was in 2019. Yeah. And as long as we start, as long as we listen to what the expectation is, not the science, we will always be captured yeah. with this sounds like a good idea. When you see the science, you realize that, oh, I don't think this is a good idea, and we really should stay GE-free. Claire, what is the web address if people want to go to your website? www.gefree.org.nz. 
Okay, Claire, Claire Bleakley, President GE3NZ. Thanks for coming on RCR again. Nice to chat with you again. Thank you, Paul, and it was a pleasure. And keep up the good work. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.